Hello everyone and welcome to the Impulse Control Experiment. My name is Joel Harrison. Thank you for joining me. As always, I do appreciate you being here to keep me accountable and keep going with this project. Um, so today, um, today was a beautiful day. Went to work. Things went pretty well. Um, I did have a bit of a similar snafu to yesterday, though. I'm finding that the more that I set intent to work on this issue, uh, the more uni the universe gives me opportunities to explore the issue. So as we talked, if you listened yesterday, um, and this is episode six, if you missed episode five, I would say out of the first five episodes, it's the best one. Uh, there was some real, there was some real stuff in there. So if you missed episode five, go back and check it out. It's one of my favorites. Um, but if, uh, just to catch you up in case you did miss it, one of the things that I identified and I realized last night, um, was that I have a little bit of an issue. Okay. Let's be honest. I have a major issue at what I would call the intersection of my emotions and my communication. And the universe presented me with another beautiful opportunity to explore that weakness in myself. And I'm going to be perfectly honest, um, I did not handle it as well as I liked. Uh, so another opportunity, another failure, um, but another time to be grateful for a lesson learned. Um so today I was walking dogs in the park, um, and this particular park has a dog park, um, but as my brother, who is a dog trainer, always says, they only call it a dog park because disease-infested dog fight club doesn't roll off the tongue quite well, so um, what I mean by that is, is very often um, you never know who's in the dog park, they don't check vaccinations before you go to the dog park, and of course dogs are going to poop and pee everywhere, so there's always going to be that risk, and then you know, if you do go to a dog park, ask yourself with this, when you go to the dog park, if a dog fight were to happen, what, what would you do? Um, how would you handle that situation? So when I go to this park, it's good because it's good for my dog to be in the vicinity of other dogs as we're walking on leashes through the paths and whatnot. And there's always dogs there. Um, but I don't really want my dog to run into another off-leash dog. Um, and if you don't understand this issue, that's okay, I understand. But if you have ever seen a dog fight, um, especially in person as opposed to just a video on the internet, like, oh man, dog fights are absolutely terrible. You know, I always think of it like when when people fight, we have fists and we use our fists and we may punch each other in the face. And yeah, there's some potential for to cause serious injury or, you know, maybe even kill somebody. But when, when dogs fight, oh boy, dogs come equipped with claws. They very, they very well may have a bunch of knives on their paws and teeth and the power behind a dog's jaw. These things can be absolutely terrifying. So I am very adamant um, about leashes. And if you're going to take your dog to the park where there are other dogs and people, your dog needs to be on a leash. And if there's a fenced-in dog park area where everybody expects the dogs to be off the leash, that's that's totally fine. Um, and as you might find in your community, you know, people in the area are going to similarly be in the same space. So today I encountered two different people who I have had at least three conversations with and asked 
nicely, at least the first two times, if they would put their dog on a leash. And now, this isn't always about your dog. If you have a dog, um, if you have a dog that's very well behaved, like that's fine and that's understandable, but your dog still needs to be on a leash for the protection of your dog and yourself. Because another off-leash dog or even leashes can create tension and, and just there are just so many reasons that your dog should be on a leash when you're in public. And so I kind of have, I have seen dog fights. I have been involved in that. Like I said, my brother is a dog trainer. So we run into this often and he and I have a lot of discussions about this and I've been there and I've helped him train and I've seen these things. So like I kind of have this little bit of PTSD about dog fights. So I'm really adamant about this issue and being totally honest, um, these discussions, the first, the first two times, I would say today's probably the fourth interaction with both of these gentlemen. Um, but today, or, but the first two times I said, Hey, you know, there's a leash law. Do you mind putting a leash on your dog? Like this is a dangerous situation and just trying to keep everybody safe. That would be great. Um, second conversation goes very much the same third conversation. Now, not only am I feeling disrespected because I've had the conversation, I've explained to you why this is important. And I've explained to you that this is a public place and that we all need leashes. And so the third time I would say that I wasn't hostile, but I wasn't nice either. And I would say today with a little bit of that mood carrying over from last night and just the same issue and um, having at this point in time a dog with me uh, that could be aggressive in the right situation, um, I got I came to that intersection of heated emotions, and I'll be honest, there was a time when I saw one of the guys that I had um, talked to previously, and I took a path around um, the park and kind of made a little circle, and you know, for one, giving him an opportunity, maybe he hadn't got the leash on yet, blah, 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 this or that. But the other with this thing, like, okay, it's, you know, I've had three conversations with this guy and now like he's still doing this. And, you know, are, are the, first of all, are the police really going to come to write somebody a leash law ticket? No, that's probably not going to happen. And second of all, like, and I said, Hey, I'm going to call the cops on you. If you said, Hey, you were going to call the cops on me for a leash law, I, I would just leave the park. And by the time the cops got there, the, the, the park wouldn't be there. So not to say that this is my issue to deal with, but to say that when somebody says, Oh, just call the cops and they'll write him a ticket. Like that, that, that piece is never going to come to fruition. Um, but anyways, I tell this long story to say that by the time I come around, I had been in my own head and grumbling and da, 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 and thinking about this. And I came around the corner and saw that guy without a leash on his dog. And yeah, I did it again. I mean, I laid into him and I started talking and talking faster. And then, you know, finally it arose to yelling and F-bombs. And like I said, part of me is feeling disrespected. Part of me is worried about not only the dog in my control, not only the dog in their control or not in their control because he's not on a leash, but all the rest of the dogs and people in the park. Dogs are animals. And as much as we think we have them domesticated, they still have um, instincts and they can act on those instincts. So yeah, I went through this process with one gentleman and, you know, I yelled and hollered and I'm really not proud of myself again in the way I acted and, um, you know, ended up, he kind of said, you know, shortly after you told me that, 
the, another fight, another dog started a fight with my dog. My dog got injured, had to go to the vet. And he said he'd been looking for me to tell me that he was right. And he said he'd learn his lesson except for the fact that his dog was not on a leash. And whether you find value in this story or not, I hope that if you're the person that doesn't put their dog on a leash before you go to the park, that you might at least consider it because uh, it's a good idea. But the point being is that even though I had a very valid reason for being upset with this guy, it is just as sufficient to go, hey, man, look, you understand what's going on here. And we've had this conversation and you know there's a leash law. So just clip a leash on your dog like it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal to the dog. Every dog. If they're not comfortable on a leash, they should go find a dog trainer and get comfortable on a leash because that's kind of the way society works. And then move on in a constructive manner. And especially, you know, last night with my wife and today with strangers in the park. Are you kidding me? Just yelling at people all the time for no reason. Um, so this is coming. This is again. And like I said, like I do feel bad about this and this is inside now becoming as as my eyes are becoming open to this this is a big thing in my life and it's not just like hey don't be a dick and yell at people it's more it's more um manage your own issues dude like for me like and and again it's the exact same thing as last night with my wife it's me getting to that emotional fear-driven state and up until now not taking the time and being able to properly address my emotions and communicate effectively and so um, I'm hoping that real soon we're going to have a turnaround here and I'm going to come on here and I'm going to go hey the universe presented me with another chance to check out check this out and um and this time I succeeded. And so I know that that's coming. I know that that's why I will continue to be presented with these opportunities uh, time and time again here in a very short time span. And I will conquer this issue and I will be a better person because of it. And so, you know, I told that big, long story about the dogs in the park just to just to kind of level with you and be honest and kind of say like, look, when, when the world presents you, when the universe presents you with these opportunities and when you have something that you're trying to change or something that you're not proud of, um, don't, don't sit too much in that moment. Go, yeah, this happened. I apologized for it. I apologized profusely to both men that I acted inappropriately towards um, and left the situation with an understanding on both ends that yes, Initially, they were in the wrong, but my actions were totally inappropriate, and I've come away with this with another another little bit of better understanding, and the more times I get put in that situation, the more times I have the ability to make the right decision and the right choice, and as we go through that, um, I'm very excited for the time when I get to celebrate uh, that win which is coming shortly. You know, I had to um, I had to kind of take a step back and look at myself last night on the conversation with my mentor about um, you know, she said can you know, you're on you're on day 5 of the experiment. You have a laundry list of changes that you're making that you're being relatively um, you know, relatively successful with. And yesterday was day 5. Today's day 6. She says, "Can you just give yourself a little bit of a break 
And like, that's the thing with change is that it's a process. Okay. It's not going to happen overnight. And to be perfectly honest, I like things to happen overnight, which is why I chose instead of doing incremental change to do this experiment. Now, perfect to be perfectly honest, I have been doing incremental change for about six to eight months now. And so I felt like taking this dive into this this world, into doing things this way, what is, is appropriate for me and is the way that I will be successful. But, you know, I I think that I think that it's very important that as a person going in, going through change that we realize that it's a process and sometimes you're going to have missteps and you're going to fail and you need to just give yourself a little bit of a break and let yourself know that things are going to be okay. You're going to have another opportunity tomorrow to make the right choice. And you know what? If you don't make the right choice, then you're going to have another opportunity the day after that to make the right choice. And eventually, when you keep getting presented with similar situations, you're going to make the right choice. And when you finally do, bam, you're going to feel so powerful. It's going to be awesome. And you're going to be able to fully celebrate that moment and know that now that you have conquered that issue once, that you have the power to conquer that issue again and again and again. So um, keep that in mind as you're going through your change or as you're just kind of uh, trying to keep track with mine and, and say that, that I'm giving myself a break and I'm not proud of the way I acted. I made amends to the people that I acted inappropriately to and I've moved on and that's just the way things go. And so um, things are getting better and they're going to be better and I know that. Now, all that being said, I don't exactly have an excellent segue for the second half of the podcast, so I'm just going to do this little awkward intro and tell you a little story. So today, um, as is always wonderful, I got a little box on my porch with that cool little Amazon smile that means something that I purchased only two days ago is here, and um, got some new earbuds. To be perfectly honest, they're they're a lot better than I thought they were going to be, and I've never seen um, this. I'm sure it's pretty common, but I'm not that much of a tech-savvy guy. But these earbuds, and I'm kind of clicking up playing with them, which I shouldn't really be doing at the moment. Um, but they had, they came with these tips, right? And they're actually like firm foam tips. And first of all, they're super comfortable. And second of all, like the foam tips have more substance to them as opposed to the usual earbud tips. So they kind of seal your ear off and give you a little bit of like that noise-canceling thing. And then they somehow managed to increase the treble and the bass. And like, man, these earbuds, they sound pretty dang good for $15 earbuds off Amazon. Um, so, you know, if you want some sweet new earbuds for only $15, bucks, um, send me an email, jump into the Facebook group, uh, and just ask me what they were, and I'll give you the link. Um, that being said, uh, I kind of had a moment this evening where... It was time to, I had a little bit of time and I was kind of in that killing time mode. I was spending too much time piddling on Facebook and man, like you ever have that day where your, your playlist is just on point and I got some new earbuds and I'm jamming, you know, and, and the playlist is just on point and I'm like, man, stopping to record my podcast means that I got to turn off these tunes and I really didn't want to because it put me in a good mood and which brings me to today's topic, which 
um, which is music. Um, so quite a while ago, um, as I was preparing for an event that had potential to be fairly stressful, uh, my brother who has always been, um, who has always kind of guided me through certain situations. Uh, he was like, as he was walking out the door, he's like, don't forget, change the music, change the mood. And through that evening, I found that to be very true. And now while that journey was, um, was a little bit of a journey or, or maybe a trip you might call it. Um, it also works in every day. So like sometimes we use music to affirm our mood, you know, like sometimes you're pissed off and so you'll throw on like some, some, some metal or personally, I always roll back to kind of early two thousands, maybe 2004, 2005, when I was really into stuff like Taking Back Sunday and brand new and real like uh, emo stuff, it's rocking out and, and, you know, guys jumping around on stage and all that stuff. Some, some really, some stuff that like not only is like deeply anchored at a time in my life where it was like my first, my freshman year of college, maybe my sophomore year of college when I was living with friends and, and things were pretty well, you know, you're just starting to explore your life and things are going pretty good and, and so kind of helps take me back to that. But it also, you know, it's like that if you're in that kind of angry mood and you need to, you feel like you need to scream or you feel like you need to, you know, just get that energy out one way. So I like to throw in the earbuds and, and really get lost in the music. And as my music choices have evolved through my life, um, I still find that music is really powerful for me. And I find that adage, change your music, change your mood, to be really, really powerful sometimes. And sometimes you put on some music that's going to affirm your mood. And sometimes you put on some music that's going to change your mood. Like sometimes you want something. Um, sometimes you need that same piece of music uh, to energize yourself at a time where you are slacking. Or sometimes... You know, we use a lot of music uh, to relax, a lot of slower, softer music that will bring your breath and your energy down, um, something like that. And I really find that music, music grounds me. And not just music, but, you know, there's two different ways. To, there, there's a few different ways to consume music, in, in all honesty. You know, you can just put on a piece of music and sit in a chair and close your eyes and really get lost in it. And I think in the show notes today, um, I'm going to actually go back and put some links to a few pieces of music that, that are really special to me. Um, so like when I want to sit down and really get lost in a piece of music, um, you know, or that, or that piece of music that brings quote unquote, all the feels, um, I listen to, a DJ Blackmill and uh, his album Miracle. And even as I'm just mentioning it, the, the emotions begin to well up in me because it's really special to me. And I've had, you know, various experiences just listening to this music and closing my eyes and breathing. And it's something always, I mean, it's something that, that I listen to when I need to get some work done and I need to focus uh, it's something that I listen to when I need to calm down if I'm in an excited emotional state. Um, you know, it's just it's just one of those pieces of music that I really, really dive into. Um, and, and and then again, 
there are I, I'm a big fan of electronic music as well so anything that I can dance to uh, big fan of techno and house music big fan of breaks as well um, and and just some just sometimes you just need to you just, as Dan Cook once said you just gotta dance and and like in that joke or in that stand-up, if you ever heard it, he's he's kind of saying that a guy guys don't do that. You know, guys go out to get drunk and pick up ladies, and and you know, ladies are like, no guys tonight. I just need to dance. If you're not familiar with um, early two thousands Dane Cook, there's some really hilarious uh, stand-ups there. And my wife and I often come back to that piece and say, you know, I I just need to dance tonight, and and we really do. And there's a lot of times, you know, you guys kind of hung with me on last Saturday as I got fairly uncomfortable with the closing of the bar that I that I spent time in upstairs lounge and it's more than just a place to go and have a drink it was always the place we went to dance and so matter you know how many drinks I'd had or if I was sober when I got there there's just something so freeing about being able to close your eyes and get lost in a piece of music and and just dance. You know, I'm always brought back to a quote from the very beginning of um, the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats, um, which especially if you're interested in any of the more um, metaphysical ideas of life, if you're interested in controlling your own mind, uh, the Men Who Stare at Goats is a movie. Uh, George Clooney, I believe, is the main character in it. And it's about a secret military um, group of, of guys who are trying to find people with their mind. And there's a part in the movie where George Clooney actually manages to kill a goat simply by visualizing the goat's heart and imagine it stopping. And so from this point, he becomes able to locate people uh, anywhere in the world. He helps the government find people um, and just a great flick. But in the very beginning of this flick, uh, they're starting this training and the drill sergeant puts on a piece of music and he instructs them all to dance. And one of my favorite quotes that he says because George Clooney is standing around like this is you know this is some weird hokum business like I'm in the military what am I doing dancing as an exercise in the military and the instructor says if you can't free your feet how can you ever expect to free your mind and I, I think about that because I used to not be a dancer and I used to go to you know a bar or a concert or something like that. And I would sit and enjoy the music, but I wouldn't dance because I'm always worried about, you know, we always have that negative self-talk come in and you become worried about not being a good dancer or somebody judging you for the way you dance. And I even had a step in between where I said, okay, I just need one person in the bar to be a worse dancer than me, and then I'm free. As long as I'm not the one that everybody's staring at being the bad dancer, then I'm good to go. And, you know, as I've gone along, dancing has really become something powerful to me and something that I really enjoy. And I was once told that I ground myself through dance. 
And as that, after I learned that, I now tend to, I really do kind of dance out some stress sometimes. I've even had times where I've woken up and had not, you know, had not a lot of time and had not a lot of good attitude. So I'll put on one of my favorite pieces of music and dance in the shower, which Side note, be very, very careful if you're going to dance in the shower, especially to something um, like electronic or dancey or with a, a faster beat because, you know, you're in the shower and water plus soap plus floor plus your feet moving across it quickly could end up in falling down and hurting yourself. So so, I, so just be careful of that. Um, I'm not necessarily recommending dancing in the shower. And if you do, be very, very careful. Uh, because it, it could be a little bit dangerous. But I find music to be very interesting. And just the way that it can take over. And certain pieces of music can almost come into my ears and say, it's all right, friend, I got it. Just come with me. Just lose yourself in this piece of music for a couple minutes. And see where we go. And see what happens. And of course, there's all kinds of actual science behind it. Like when, you know, your brain starts releasing the right chemicals to make you happy and to make you feel better when you dance. But when you align with the piece of music and you allow it to take you over and you close your eyes and you just let your body move, there's some real power in that. There's some real power in putting down your stress, your worry, what's going on around you and, and, and what it looks like and just letting go. And a lot of the process of change is, is just letting go and just letting go of anything, you know, letting go of your stress, letting go of your worry, letting go of that conversation you have with the guy at the park today that made you feel kind of like an asshole. Just throw some earbuds in and dance a little bit. And so I'm often trying to think of ways and learn about ways to limit negative self-talk. And I've come up with some things. And, and as we're getting into in this podcast, you're hopefully learning a little bit from me and seeing a couple of uh, interesting ways to release that negative self-talk. But one of the things that I discovered recently when I was having a, a pretty crappy day and I, um, I was at work and I threw the earbuds in and I started to... Just listen to some music. And, you know, I think you've got to find the right piece in this. But, you know, we all have, like I said, sometimes I just have to go to the music that I listened to in college, which was like really the first time in my life that I really started to get into music. Um, my roommate was um, a classical guitar major. I spent some time studying music in college, which admittedly was a bit of a mistake, but you know, that's okay. When you enter college, you're trying to figure things out. So going to college as a music major when you've had one semester of music in high school is not exactly a great idea. Uh, you tend to get over your head really, really fast. I often compare it um, of like going to college to major in German, like the language, and speaking two words is pretty much what I did when I went to college. I wanted to be a music major. So I learned very quickly uh, as all of the music theory we I knew we covered in the first day of class and I was completely lost by day three that, you know, 
music just wasn't, as far as studying, just wasn't my thing. But that being said, it was the time when I really started to get into music and I really started to explore music and discover different kinds of music and I was in a band and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, boy, you'd love to see a picture of me when I was a uh, freshman in college in this band. Uh, first of all, I was in a Christian grunge band. Um, and I painted my toenails at that time. I had hair that was long enough to rest between my shoulder blades, which had a gorgeous wave to it. <laughs> it was just, it was a good time of, you know, like self exploration and, and a good time of just being a college kid and trying to figure out life and, and who you want to be. But through that, so, so that's the time and that's the music that I go back to a lot when. I need to get lost in a piece of music. And a little while back, I discovered this beautiful thing that if you're having a bad day, and I feel like earbuds or maybe even like big DJ headphones, like the noise-canceling headphones are best for this. They're better than, than speakers for this. Because if you really need to change your mood, put in some earbuds and put on a tune that you really connect with or hopefully... Um, you know, you have a library full of music or you've done a good job of cultivating that Pandora feed. So just everything that comes by just hits you. And, and, you know, like I said, your playlist can just get on point some days, but the real thing is once you have music pumped into your ears and, and crank it up, like ignore what the doctor says and crank that music up. Don't hurt yourself, but really, really get it in your ears so that, so that nothing else is coming in. And what I realized was that when you have music pumping directly into your brain from such a source and everything else is sealed off, that if you listen to that piece of music, it can shut off all of your self-talk. And most of your self-talk, or when I'm in this situation, most of my self-talk is negative. So when I get into that and I put those earbuds in and like... You know, I highly recommend taking it one step further. You put on a tune that you know every single word to. Sing them. Whether you sing them inside your head or whether you sing them out loud, sing them, tap your fingers, get your feet going, do some dancing, and, like, who cares if somebody opens the door and sees you acting like a fool, man, because you feel better on the inside. And you know what? If somebody opens that door while you're in there dancing and you got earbuds on and, you know, maybe even you have your back to them and you didn't hear the door open and you turn around and they scare the shit out of you, um, you know, now you gave that person a laugh, right? And hopefully you laughed it because it's fine, you know, it's just something silly that happened, but... So now you've made somebody else's day better and you are truly inside that piece of music. And so when you have music pumping into your head and you're singing along and you get your feet moving and your fingers tapping and you really dive completely and totally into that piece of music, your self-talk shuts off. I mean, essentially, your brain is taking in all that it can at that moment and your brain is putting out the dance, the movement, and you can even close your eyes and get completely lost in that piece of music. And it is a good way to almost instantly turn off your negative self-talk. So on a day when you're really having a rough day, I'll come back to it. Change your music. Change your mood.
And if you don't have any music on, then for God's sakes, put some music on and, 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 and crank it up and dance to it and sing along with it and really let it into your soul and find that spot where music takes over. You know, I have a lot of friends that are DJs and spend a lot of time in music. I mean, a lot. I mean, the knowledge and the amount of music that these people have in their libraries and the uh, the quickness with which they can pull out a song for a scenario and the beauty of which they can blend two songs together and that they can go from song to song seamlessly and really... It's really a true gift to thank someone for to um, allow that and to give you that. And I have a lot of, of friends, like I said, that are DJs. And always, you know, after after sets where I was dancing, I often, you know, they'll, they'll come out and just kind of underground DJs. Nobody's a superstar. But I always, I always say thanks for the tunes, man, because you really do in that moment need to be grateful for that art that somebody has given you and and oftentimes they've taken something of themselves and and put that into that music and given that out to you know you specifically or the venue that you're in and the crowd of people and just just that ability to jump on a dance floor and if and if you've never really let go on a dance floor man Go to a concert. Go go get lost in some music. You know, go find the right DJ. Go find the right concert. Whatever your your real kind of music that you're really into, go dive in head first, and um, not stage dive head first. There's a floor beneath those people. It's not safe, but really get get wrapped up in a piece of music and close your eyes and let it fully encompass you and just let go. And, and dance to that music. And just let it let it drive for a minute. Let the music take over. And like, I've heard people say that so many times in my life. And it took me a long time to really get that. But really, you know, it's kind of like this thing I often talk about. Um, I worked with somebody with really severe anxiety that turned into panic attacks not too long ago. And we kind of developed this thing. And and this is, again, where um, a great friend of mine, Dr. Manny St. Victor, comes in. And he taught me that the brain does not have the ability to think and talk differently at the same time. So if you talk and you say something, you can't think alternating thoughts at the same time. So if you're worried about your, if you're having a time where you just can't get out of your negative self-talk, open up your mouth and say positive things. I am safe. I am happy. I am loved. I am pretty. I am, I have friends. You know, whatever it is, just simple positive statements and the beauty of that. And to be perfectly honest, if you ever see somebody heading for a panic attack, you can stop it dead in its tracks by getting them you know, just look them in the eyes, tell them to listen to your voice, take a breath and repeat after you and make them say those short things. Music does the exact same thing. So the same way as how if you can't say a thought that is different from your words at exactly that moment, 
whatever you say is your thought. Like it's physically impossible to think something and talk differently. You notice if you get lost in thought, you don't hear what somebody else says to you and you certainly can't be lost in thought and engage in a conversation at the same time. It's actually physically not possible. Your brain doesn't work that way. And so if you can get music does the exact same thing. So if you hear that music and it's pumping into your head and it's inches away from your brain, your brain does not have the ability to put that loud, overpowering music away to have a thought. And the more engaged in that, the more you tap your finger, the more you move your feet, the more you move into full-on dancing, the more you close your eyes and just get completely lost in that piece of music. If you're having trouble with negative self-talk, you'll realize over a couple of songs that you haven't even said a word to yourself in, in a few minutes. And then you'll take a breath and realize that you feel better. Because there is real power in music. And it can really help you succeed. So like I said, just, just for uh, poops and giggles, I'm going to drop some of my favorite music in the show notes. It'll just be a couple of things. I'm not going to give you my whole library, but just some things that are really powerful and meaningful to me. And I hope that you enjoy them. And I hope that you connect with a piece of music. And if it's not my music, I hope that you have music in your life that you connect with strongly. And, and music that can really take over and music that can guide you and music that helps you turn off your self-talk and enjoy for a little while. As always, my email is in the show notes. If there's anything you need to talk about, anything you're struggling with, uh, or if you need a little bit of help, please feel free to email me. If you like the discussions that you're having, I have started a Facebook group. Uh, it is the Impulse Control Experiment Facebook group, and it follows along with the podcast. So please join me there. The link is in the show notes. And um, pop in, and let's fill up today with, uh, with some music. So pop in and drop your tunes. I'll start a thread and um, we'll talk about our music and we'll talk about the music that moves us and the music that has led us to um, beautiful revelations or the music that has allowed us to be happy and the, the music that allows us to dance and the music that allows us to let go. I look forward to that discussion. Uh, I'm always here for you if you need. And just remember, just like always, do your absolute best to make every day better than the day before. And if you fail, good. Tomorrow will be easy. Live with gratitude and celebrate your victories. I appreciate you. We'll talk tomorrow.